Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports, the Steel Conversation podcast, the best Steeler podcast out there. My name is Brian Diardo. Pleasure to have you joining us on the show today. Uh, as you've seen in our title, um, we're going to have the three predictions for the rest of the Steelers' 2015 NFL season. And we're going to do that in the half an hour edition of the Steel Conversation podcast here during the Steelers by uh, weekend. Uh, also, too, uh, if you're just new to the podcast, we like to do this periodically throughout the season. We'll also do this uh, into the off season. You can find all of our work at pit.247sports.com. Once again, it's pit.247sports.com. Also, like us on our Facebook page. Just type in your search engine on Facebook, Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports, and you'll see all of the articles that we post throughout the day on your Facebook page. So make sure you stay up to date with all the latest and greatest Pittsburgh Steelers news out there. So without further ado, let's let's get this show going. Um, the Steelers, as you know, 10 uh, games into the season, we're 6-4. and four. Uh, it's, it's been a, a, a year of roller coasters for this uh, 2015 Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, you know, we started the season with a loss. Then had uh, won two in a row, then lost the game, then won two more, then lost two more, then won two more, and that's where we stand now at, at six and four. So we've had two two-game winning streaks, a two-game losing streak, uh, and we also had a, a loss to start the season. So, it, like I said, it's, it's been a roller coaster season uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, one reason being injuries, obviously, uh, before the season started with Marquise Pouncey getting hurt, uh, then Kelvin Beecham. Uh, six games into the season, our starting left tackle, uh, he's been replaced. So we've got two different guys now, new guys starting on the O-line. Uh, we've got Le'Veon Bell, who uh, only played in five games this season. Amazing uh, that when he got hurt, I think in the eighth, yes, in the eighth game of the season against the Bengals, uh, Le'Veon was the AFC's leading rusher with 568 yards, and he'd only played in five games. That's pretty remarkable. Um, he's hurt. Uh, D'Angelo Williams has played very well. Uh, I know this past Sunday uh, against the Browns was, was not his best game, uh, but he had over 50 yards rushing in the second half and really uh, came on strong in the fourth quarter and, and really helped to open up the passing game for Big Ben and, and the Steelers receivers late to kind of put that one on ice. Uh, so for the Steelers, you know, it, it's been a season of, of, of some turmoil, obviously, with all the injuries. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, uh, he's missed uh, – uh, four games this season. He missed the entire month of October with MCL and bone injuries. Uh, he did not start this past Sunday's game, which you knew, unless you've been living under a rock. Uh, but he you know, came in uh, early in the game, uh, in the game's third possession after Landry Jones got injured early. And uh, Ben engineered a, a masterful game, completed 22 of 33 passes for 379 yards, three touchdowns, one to Martavis Bryant, two to Antonio Brown with Antonio Brown, uh, his second touchdown with that flip that I'm sure you all have seen by now uh, that, that that capped off the, the win for the Steelers, 39 over the Browns. Uh, defense this season, uh, what what's not to like? Well, I can say one thing. Uh, the amount of yards the team's giving up, they're the 27th in the NFL in pass defense in terms of yards allowed. But, you know, everything else, uh, and especially on um, the biggest stat that matters is points allowed, they're doing well. They're fifth in points allowed. Uh, they're fourth in sacks with 28, which rekindles uh, the old uh, Blitzburg and even going back to the 70s. You know, it, you know, the Steelers back then in the 90s, uh, you know, you could pretty much just say every single year we're going to get 40 sacks. Well, 
It's been five years since the Steelers' defense has had 40 sacks. Well, we're on pace for that this year with 28 uh, so far. Youth has been served. Uh, you know, Paul Malu, um, you know, he resigned our, after this season, retired. Uh, so did Ike Taylor. Uh, Brett Kiesel, uh, he was, uh, his contract was not renewed. Um, Dick LeBeau, was, uh, his contract was not renewed. So our defense, in large, I mean, there's still a couple of veterans still around, Lawrence Timmons, the most notable one, Will Allen, the most notable as well. Um, but it's pretty much a, a very green unit. And even Will Allen, you know, no one knew who was going to start at strong safety for us starting the season. Well, uh, Will Allen has, has filled in that position quite well. And he did miss a couple of games with an injury suffered against the Chargers. Uh, Robert Golden did a good job filling in for him. Uh, we didn't know who would fill in for Ike Taylor's spot. Um, you know, we brought in Brandon Boykin from, from the Eagles for a fourth or fifth round pick, depending how much time he plays this season. It's going to be uh, a fifth round pick because he was going to have to play at least 60% of our snaps, and he's not going to do that this season. Um, so, you know, Antoine Blake has filled in very well. Yes, he gives up a lot of completions, Uh but the guy's got two interceptions. He had a pick six against the Chargers, which helped us win that game. Uh, the Steelers win that game. And uh, he had a nice interception against the Bengals, which should have had us win that game. Unfortunately, that's been Big Ben's only bad game of the season. The, the other games he's played, and he's played it well. But also the first game he came back from injury. So, uh, you know, we'll give him a little bit of a mulligan on that one. Um, so, yeah, Steelers defense, uh, again, a very young team, uh, much maligned in the preseason, especially that Bills preseason game where, where they really didn't look good, the second to last one. Uh, but, you know, something that, that was probably not known to most fans or most people, that Bills game, you know, preseason game, a lot of Steelers players didn't play. Uh, Stephon Tewitt didn't play in that game. Lawrence Timmons, Mike Mitchell, Shamarco Thomas, um, just a lot of players didn't play. So sometimes you, know, you can't read into the preseason too much. That's why – even though the Steelers had a, had a terrible preseason record, I believe they were just 1-4, there was really no reason to panic. You know, the offense looked good. Uh, the spring defense, uh, you, you could see that they were going to have some issues giving up yards, but in large, they played okay. It was when the reserves came in and, and, and when the Steelers weren't uh, dressing their injured starters is when the, the defense struggled in the preseason. But in large, yes, they give up a lot of yards, but the Steelers defense, again, the biggest stat that matters is the win-loss, which is Steelers. You know, they haven't lost a game yet because of their defense. They've lost some games because of their offense. They've lost some games because of their kicking game. Uh, they have not lost a game yet because the Steelers' defense uh, couldn't get the job done. If you want to put one loss on it, it could be New England. Uh, but, again, you know, allowing 28 points against Tom Brady and, and New England uh, when the Patriots were pumped up because they just realized they were getting Brady back, terrible game, especially when you consider – that that was one of the games that we had two missed field goals in the first half. And those are momentum-killing uh, misses. And, uh, you know, the, the special teams did not do the Steelers any favors, uh, the Steelers' defense any favors in that game. So, you know, again, the Steelers' defense has played well enough for the team to win, and that's really all you can ask for from, from that side of things. So now we, we want to do some uh, predicting on the show. We, we've kind of summarized, uh, you know, the first half of the season and everything. Um you know, and where we stand now, we we like to make some predictions. And, you know, the Steelers, when you look at it, yes, we are not going to be healthy at any point this season in terms of being fully healthy. You know, all off season we heard how great our offense was going to be. Pouncey's probably not going to come back this year. Um, you know, I don't think we've heard anything about him for the last month. Um, you know, there's been rumors he's had two surgeries on on his, uh, you know, on his leg that, you know, that 
was injured against Green Bay back on August 23rd in the, in the preseason. You know, we're not going to have Beecham back for the rest of the year, so uh, we're not going to have Bell back the rest of the year. So you just kind of accept this is who we are the rest of the year, uh, and that's how we're going to evaluate uh, the rest of the Steelers' season in terms of a success or not. I think before the injuries, uh, you you know, in all honesty, I, I think, you know, the, the, the preseason expectations of the Steelers' team and, and predictions I was hearing was anywhere from, from 10 and 6 to 12 and 4. You know, and I heard a couple of pessimists saying nine and seven, but you know, worst case scenario, we're going to have a winning seed and, and make the playoffs as a five or six. Worst, you know, best case, we're a one or two seed with twelve wins. And I, you know, so like I said, I heard anywhere from from nine wins to twelve wins. Um, but honestly, even though we've lost a lot of pieces on offense, pieces that we've had to replace those starters, Villanueva at left tackle, uh, Wallace at center, Cody Wallace, D'Angelo Williams, uh, replacing Bell. We still have enough weapons with Ben, with Heath Miller, with Martavis Bryant, who's come back after missing the first five games of the season. He's been a monster. He's had 100 yards uh, again and a touchdown. He's just a touchdown machine, as we'll get to, um, with Antonio Brown. Uh, we have enough weapons on offense uh, to still be a very dangerous unit. Um, you know, But I think the defense's improvement uh, kind of uh, overcomes or masks our deficiencies on offense. You know, Because I would say our expectations are Still, I mean, we're not going to win – well, we still could win 12 games, but I'd say we're hard-pressed to win 12 games given our schedule the rest of the year. We have to go undefeated, which I'm not saying the Steelers can't do. I'm just saying that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty tall task to ask of any team, uh, let alone the Steelers, with, with, with their injuries and whatnot. But I would say, and this is my prediction, that the Steelers are going to go 10-6 and six the rest of the year. So you know, we promised you three predictions on this podcast. That's the first one. I think the Steelers are going to go 10-6. and six. Uh, When you look at the rest of their, their schedule – uh, after this bye week. They've got Seattle, which I think is a, a very winnable game. And I actually predicted before the season started that would be one of the Steelers' wins. Um, I'm not backing down from that. You know, it's going to be tough, uh, just like I thought it was going to be before the season started. But I, I think there's a couple reasons why we can beat Seattle, and that's because the offensive lines had a lot of issues. Uh, Russell Wilson, which I'm not sure, but he's got to be one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't have an official number for you. Um, but I know there's been turmoil on the Seahawks' offensive line. Marshawn Lynch is averaging under four yards a carry. So, yes, while Seattle is still one of the better run defense, run offenses in football, uh, they're without Marshawn Lynch. And you can only mask that for so long. It's not like they have a D'Angelo Williams behind him. They have a nice running back behind him, but not a guy of D'Angelo's caliber. So there's a lot of questions about the Seattle's offense. Um, you know, their defense is still their defense, although they are looking a little bit more susceptible. Um, if you look at the Cardinals game, uh, when the Cardinals beat them on uh, Monday night, this past Monday night, Carson Palmer and the uh, Cardinals, they attacked uh, Richard Sherman. And I would not be surprised if Antonio Brown uh, you know, gets the better of him because, you know, I don't know if Sherman's injured or whatnot. He's still one of the best corners in football, uh, but he's definitely not the same guy that he's been over the last several years, going back to when he first kind of made his splash back in 2012. Um, so, again, Steelers have Seattle. Then after that, they – will play Indianapolis at home without Andrew Luck. It's going to be a little Super Bowl 40 rematch with Matt Hasselbeck. And Matt Hasselbeck has played well in the leaf of Luck. He's led the Colts to a victory, a couple of victories when Luck was hurt earlier in the year. Uh, but I still think the Steelers are very capable of winning that game. Uh, then we've got Cincinnati, December 13th at Cincinnati. The Steelers had a lot of success at Cincinnati uh, in recent seasons. Um, we did lose there in 2013, uh, but we won there. Uh, in 2012, we won there in, in 2011, 2010, so on and so forth, and in 2014, last year with Le'Veon Bell running wild. So 
without Bell, hopefully D'Angelo Williams can have a good game against the Bengals defense. That's going to be the, probably the toughest game of the Steelers' uh, second half of the season, or well, the last six games of the season. After that, they host Denver. Um, initially, you know, you would think that's a very tough game, and it still will be. Denver 7-2. and two. You know, however, uh, they're going to be without Peyton Manning. So now we've got an untested uh, quarterback uh, coming in to face the Steelers. I think that game comes down to how well the Steelers' offense plays. Denver's defense is the best in football in terms of, of, of points allowed this season. So that's going to be another big game. And then we go to Baltimore. Baltimore's having a terrible season. I know it's a rivalry game, but that being said, they're 2-7. and seven. They're not good at all. And, uh, I, again, I know it's a rivalry game, but that's a game the Steelers should win. Um, you know, Baltimore's only won once since they played us, and that was back in September. So, and that was the game the Steelers – I'm sorry, the first weekend in October. And that was the game Pittsburgh had no business losing. Again, that was the game we missed two field goals in the last 90 seconds to lose. Uh, and then had those those uh, fourth down uh, uh, missed opportunities in overtime. So, again, that's a game the Steelers should win. And then Cleveland in Cleveland, the last game of the year, once again, we just played Cleveland. Uh, they did move the ball well with Johnny Manziel. But, but you got to figure – you know, with another two and eight team now. Uh, so their last two opponents are combined four and fifteen. Again, I know these are rivalry games. I know they're divisional games. Steelers should win those games. Uh, we shouldn't make excuses, you know, for the Steelers and those situations. They should win those games. So you figure they win their last two games. You know, they go to eight and four. Uh, let's say they beat Seattle. That's nine and four, and that puts you at either you know if they can either upset either Seattle or Denver, which I think they'll win one of those two games. That puts them at ten and six. We should put them at the fifth seed in the playoffs, which leads me to my next prediction. The Steelers are going to be the fifth seed. So they're going to go 10-6, and six, then they're going to have the fifth seed. And I think they're going to play. And I think this is, I guess, a pseudo-prediction. It's not one that, it's not one of the ones I, I counted. But I, I think um, when you look at the, the rest of the season, um, I think the, the who the Steelers are going to play, if, if they're the five seed, it, it's going to come down to uh, the winner looking at the, the – uh, Cincinnati Bengals schedule right now. It's going to come down to the winner of the Bengals-Broncos game uh, on the 17th at Denver. That's going to be a huge game, a primetime game. It's going to, And who knows, again, who knows what's going to happen with Pete Mandy. He's got rib injuries. He's got some under, other injuries he's dealing with. Uh, so who knows who the, uh, is going to start for Denver that late in the season. Denver right now is 7-2, and two, and it's all because of their defense and how poorly uh, their offense is played. Their defense is keeping them in these games. Um, Cincinnati, you know, just, you know, they're eight and one, but they just lost to the Texans, and I think they were a little exposed. Um, I think you know the Bengals' uh, offense; it, it kind of showed when when the passing game is not working, can the running game bail them out? And it failed them, uh, and it did, and it failed them against the Steelers. It was the Steelers' uh, interceptions and turnovers that cost them. So twice now this season, uh, the Bengals. Uh, rushing attack has had to kind of build them out, and they and they failed to do so when their offense is uh, their passing game is sputtered. When you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got the Cardinals um, on Sunday, which they're going to face Carson Palmer, their quarterback. The Rams who are playing much tougher than their schedule, the record. The Steelers know that uh, at Cleveland, and then they go to then they host Pittsburgh at San Francisco, which should be an easy win, and then at Denver. So I think when you look at the Steelers' playoff scenarios, I think it's either going to be Denver and it's either going to be either going to be Cincinnati uh, that they play in the first round. So uh, that's another one of our predictions. I, and I think that game – I think either way, and, and I don't want to say the Steelers aren't going to win the division. Um, you know, in, in the loss column, you know, that they're, they're three games behind in the loss column, two games behind in uh, the win column. 
Uh, I still definitely think the Steelers have a chance, but that's going to require them to do much better than than ten and six, because that means you're asking Cincinnati uh, to just win two more games uh, the rest of the season. So I, I think uh, to go twelve and four. So I think the Steelers are pretty much going to have to you know either win out or just go five and one to have any kind of chance. But again, I I, I think you know Steeler fans should, should should be pretty confident about the Steelers' playoff chances, especially when you look at their schedule. You know, especially the last two games of the season, and then you face an Indianapolis team that's going to have Matthew Hasselbeck playing, and, and that should definitely bode well for the Steelers because we like to blitz the quarterback. That is why we give up a lot of passing yards, but that's also why we've gotten to the quarterback 28 times this season, and only three other teams in the league say they've gotten to the quarterback uh, more than we have. So those are, and my, my final prediction is I, I think the Steelers are going to win one playoff game at least. Um, I know, I think, too, at this point, given the team's uh, lack of depth at running back. You know, we still haven't seen really, you know, Jordan Todman do much. He's the Steelers, uh, you know, backup right now. Um, Alejandro Villanueva, our starting left tackle, uh, that has supplanted Kelvin Beecham, played his best game of the season um, this past Sunday. You know, Roethlisberger wasn't sacked once. And you know with this midfoot sprain coming in, the Steelers, you knew that the, that the offensive line was thinking, we're not letting a single person touch Big Ben. His shirt is going to be as clean now as it will be in three hours. And, and, and you could see, you know, the Steelers' offense pretty much just, just adding that extra, you know, level of accountability on their shoulders. Like, we're going to protect Big Ben here in this game, and, and they did a great job. And if the Steelers can give Ben that kind of time the rest of the season with what the Angel Williams can provide as a running back, again, this guy – going into Sunday's game, was averaging 125 yards rushing a start. Obviously, that went down with the 57-yard Sunday. But, again, no team has, has taken away D'Angelo Williams. 57 yards is his worst game. He's got 57, 77, and he's had three 100-yard games and had 170 yards against the Raiders. I know the Raiders' defense isn't great, but, again, 170 is 170 anywhere. You've got to give him props for that. So, D'Angelo has found a way to make an impact in every single game he's played in this season, and I don't think that's going to go away. Um, I know a lot of people were upset, me included, um, when he wasn't getting a lot of carries when Bell came back, but that has proven to work out for the Steelers because those were five games where uh, D'Angelo was barely used. Even the sixth game, when, when Bell got hurt against the Bengals, uh, D'Angelo was only, only had nine carries for 71 yards in that game. So really – you know, you think about it, he's only had four games of significant use, and those are his four starts. So really, when you go into the, the last six games of the season, uh, hopefully the, uh, D'Angelo's um, uh, lightened load, those five games D'Angelo, six games D'Angelo played in, is going to help him for the stretch run. So yeah, you look at the Steelers' offense and what they can do, if they can keep Ben healthy. You've got Heath Miller, the consummate professional tight end, the reliable tight end that's you know, he's had three deep playoff runs before. He knows what it's all about. Um, can block just as well as he can catch, if not better. Um, you've got, which isn't really a prediction, because I think a lot of Steeler fans know this, you've got Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, who at this point, that's the best receiving duo in the NFL. And I don't know who would be second. I can't even, you know, I, I'm honestly right now kind of going through my head, and, and, and maybe, you know, maybe New England has a nice receiving you know, duo with Edelman and, and Gronk. Um, which Gronk's a tight end, but you know, I, I would I would include him in that conversation. I would say that's that would be the only one that you could really compare to Pittsburgh right now. I mean, the Steelers have easily you know the best uh, receivers in the NFL, and <clears throat> pardon me, one two. 
and that's not even including the, with Darius Hayward Bay's been able to provide. He's kind of disappeared in the second half of the season, and, and, and I'm hoping he, he's had some injuries. It hasn't uh, held him out of a lot of games, but it's certainly been enough to hamper him, so let's hope that he can get healthy for the rest of the season. Uh, Marcus Wheaton hasn't been really a big factor at all in our offense, but I think a lot of that's been because Ben's been out. Uh, Wheaton had a really nice training camp, had a good offseason, had a good preseason, caught a touchdown pass and a two-point conversion, had a two-point conversion catch uh, in Pittsburgh's week one loss in New England. I would expect Wheaton, uh, his game to elevate uh, with his new game rapport with Big Ben the rest of the season. I think you can count on that. Um, but the thing with, with, with Bryant and, and uh, Brown is this. Uh, you know, with, with, with Brian being as good as he is, you really can't double-team Antonio because that means you're taking a safety away from Martavis' side. And you saw what happened in the last two games uh, when the Browns and the Raiders elected to single-team Antonio, which normally he's double-teamed. There were times when the Patriots had three defenders on Brown. Brown still had over 100 yards in nine, nine or ten catches in that game. Um, but you saw what happened. When, when Brian – or I'm sorry, when Brown is double-teamed, he had 27 catches in the last two games. He had 17 for 284 against the Raiders. He had 10 for 139 and two touchdowns against the Browns. Those are video game, unbelievable statistics. But that's what Brown does when he's single team because he can line up in the slot. He can line up on the outside. He can take you deep. He can go vertical on you. He can, you know, do a sideline route. He can do intermediate routes. He can do bubble screens. He can go across the middle. He can do anything you want. Uh, you, you can give him reverses. The Steelers will always get Antonio Brown involved when Ben Roethlisberger is out there. Um, it's amazing what he can do. I mean, he's he could still, despite only having uh, you know 111 yards on 11 catches in, in that whole month of October when Ben was out, or, or the first, I'm sorry, the first three games Ben was out because the fourth game him and Landry Jones you know started to get some chemistry there. Uh, Brown is, could still get Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in a season. Uh, Brown's only 800 yards away from that. He's had a nine, over 900 yards in six games with Ben this season. So you're telling me the next six games he gets 800 yards, he, he could get that. I mean, Jerry Rice is number two right now with 848, 1,848 yards back in 95. Brown could get that. So, you know, you know again, if Brown's single team, he's going to do damage. Um, it's interesting because Seattle is definitely going to single team, and they're going to put Sherman on him. Uh, or Sherman's going to guard Bryant, one or the other. But either way, I, I, there's no way that they're going to single or double team Brown in this game, which means that Brown should be open a lot in this game. Uh, so you know, you look at what they can do in the passing game. You know, if, if you double team Brown, Bryant's going to go crazy. If you don't double team Brown, Brown's going to go crazy. Um, both went crazy the other day. So you know, really, this your offense is the best in the NFL. You know, as they are now, as they are now, they're still the best in the NFL even without Brown. Because you look at every other offense in the NFL, they're having their deficiencies. The Packers are going through it right now. They don't have a true number one receiver. The Cowboys don't have a reliable running back, and they're just getting Romo back, and they might not even make the playoffs. Um, the Redskins' offense has really improved, um, but there's still too many unknowns there, and, and whether or not Kirk Cousins can continue this level of play the rest of the season. So, you know, really when, when, when you look at the entire offense and the playmakers the Steelers have, um, yes, New England's offense is efficient, um, probably more so than Pittsburgh just in terms of, of their execution level. But when healthy, again, the Steelers' offense is the best in football. When you couple that with what they can do on defense. And, again, I, you wonder at some point when that Steelers' defense, that bend-but-not-break mentality is going to break. Because, uh, and I haven't mentioned yet on the show, 
uh, you know, the Steelers' secondary, how they've gotten away with all the yards they've given up. They have made a bevy of huge plays this season. Uh, Antoine Blake, you know, two interceptions, had the pick six, pick six against the Chargers. Uh, Ross Cockrell uh, with an end zone interception recently. Mike Mitchell with, with two end zone interceptions recently. Blake with the interception in the end zone against the Bengals. The Steelers uh, consistently uh, come up with, with, with big plays. Cockrell's was against the Browns past Sunday. I wanted to add that. But, uh, you know, eventually, you, you know, you, you hope that the Steelers' red zone defense, which has been unbelievable this year, it's been the best in the league. Uh, they held the Browns to 1-4 touchdown success rate in the red zone this past Sunday. Um, you hope that they can continue to have this kind of success. Um, but there's always that but. You never know. You never know if the Steelers' uh, defense is, is going to continue to do this. So, you know, again, though, it, it seems like that's that's the route the Steelers are going to go. Um, you know, they're not – they're going to give up a lot of yards, but, again, that's because they pressure the quarterback, they bring a lot of bodies, and conversely, it, it's high-risk, high-reward. If you don't get to the quarterback, then you're going to leave – you know, Lawrence Simmons exposed in the middle of the field trying to guard an athletic tight end, or you're going to leave Antoine Blake in single coverage, which is not his strong suit, especially uh, on the on the sideline rounds. He gets turned around quite a bit. Um, but that's how it is. And, uh, you know, I think the, the biggest thing I like about our defense is, once again, uh, is our opportunistic play in the red zone. Um, we know who we are, and we're going to be okay with giving up some of these yards. And they don't like it. Will Allen and uh, uh, Mitchell, Mike Mitchell said it uh during the past week, hey, we don't like giving up 372 yards to Johnny Manziel, but we like giving up nine points and winning 30 to nine. We'll take that. So it's kind of like as a Steelers fan, it's almost like you're going to have to accept it with the understanding that the Steelers are going to continue uh, to pressure the quarterback and, and come up with turnovers um, because once, you know, they do give up a lot of yards down the field, but once the field gets shorter, once you get closer to the 20-yard line, inside the 20-yard line, and receivers don't have all those yards to get open, and quarterbacks don't have all that room, and, and things get congested, that's when the Steelers' pressure has led to those interceptions. I mean, that interception they got off Carson Palmer, pressure. The one they got off Andy Dalton in the red zone, pressure. Same thing with Manziel. Uh, the Steelers' defense has done a great job uh, pressuring quarterbacks in the red zone, which has led to turnovers. So as long as that's happening, the Steelers are going to be okay giving up these kind of yards as long as bottom line they get more points in their opposition, and that, that's what they're doing. So you can continue to expect that as long as the results are still as they are, which is the Steelers' defense is doing the job when it matters most. And the other thing, too, physicality is back in Pittsburgh, on defense especially. You know, uh, Antoine Blake, I'll never forget, and I, and I can tell in week two, when we beat the 49ers, and again, you know, time has shown that the Niners aren't good, but you know, they, they were coming off an impressive win, week one win with a new coach, and uh, the Steelers coming off a loss. And Pittsburgh brought the lumber in that game, especially on defense. Antoine Blake was bringing it. Cameron Haywood and Stephon Tua, two players I didn't get to talk to as much on this podcast, but I should more in the next one. They've had a great season so far, and I would say Cameron Haywood's been our best defensive player so far. You know, Tua leads the team in sacks. Haywood's not far behind. They've done a great job on the D-line. You know, we've allowed opponents to average just 3.8 yards really well for us in the postseason when teams want to run the ball more and the cold weather up here. Uh, you know, in the Midwest and whatnot, uh, you know, the linebackers, you know, Bud Dupree, he's not in every down back, but a lot of that's because Joey Porter, the outside linebackers coach now, runs a rotation with the outside linebackers. Jarvis Jones had his best season so far, had a good, you know, big force fumble against the Cardinals back in, in uh, week six. 
Uh, Arthur Motes has, has had a solid season. Shazier went healthy, and it looks like he's been healthy. You know, we know he missed some time earlier in the season after the Week 2 monster performance he had against the, the 49ers with 15 tackles. But he looks like he now is healthy, and he's going to have a great season. And, and, and kudos to Keith Butler, uh, our defensive coordinator. You know, it's not easy replacing a legend like Dick LeBeau, but he's done the best job he can. And, and I, I would vote for him for assistant coach of the year. And uh, I, I think many people will when the season's over, as long as the Steelers' defense continues to play as it did in the first 10 games of the season. So to kind of recap everything, I, I think the Steelers are going to get at least uh, the fifth seed in, 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 the, in the wild card. I think they're going to get at least 10 wins. Um, I think they'll win their last two games of the season. I think they're going to defeat the Colts, and I, and I think they'll at least defeat Seattle or Denver or both. But I think they'll at least split those two games heading into the home stretch. Um, you know, when you look at what we can do on offense, as we've said, when healthy, it's the best offense. And, and as the team continues to build its rapport with Big Ben and the receiving core, uh, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for this team the last six games. Again, the big key, knock on wood wherever you are, as long as they stay healthy. Yes, defense, we've got some question marks, uh, give up a lot of yards. Bottom line is we don't give up a lot of points. Fifth in the league, again, you know, giving up points. That's that's a recipe for success against the pass, against the run. There aren't many better run defenses than one that you have in Pittsburgh. Special teams, Chris Boswell, you know, yeah, I know he struggled a little bit lately, missed a field goal lately, missed an extra point on Sunday, but still, you know, a much better, much more reliable kicker than we had to start the season. So there really aren't any holes on this Steelers team. The big question is health. Are we going to get healthy and stay healthy for the stretch run? And if we do, we could be dangerous. So thanks again for listening to this podcast. This has been Brian Diardo. Uh, once again, check out our website, pit.247sports.com. Check out our Facebook page, Steelers at 24-7 Sports. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We hope our predictions were right, and the Steelers have a long playoff run after a successful stretch at the end of the season. So long, and as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.